Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to StageCraft. Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to Glenn Close, who doesn't need much of an introduction. She's won three Tonys for performances in The Real Thing, Death and the Maiden, and the first time around, Sunset Boulevard, and been nominated for six Oscars over a career that's included iconic turns in movies like Fatal Attraction and Dangerous Liaisons. She was last on Broadway in 2017 in her reprise of Norma Desmond in the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical Sunset Boulevard. And now theatergoers can see her work in closer quarters in Mother of the Maid, the new play at Off-Broadway's Public Theater. In this surprising take on the Joan of Arc tale, the central character isn't Joan. It's her mother, Isabel. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for joining me. Nice to talk to you. Lovely to be here. So you stopped the show the other night, I hear. Oh, yes. (laughs) So, uh, tell me about that. I'm always curious about... Hey, hey, no. hey that's, uh, that's Pip. That's Glenn's uh, dog. He's very cute. It's, he sounds very angry, but he's not. He's just playful. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I'm always curious about when actors have had enough and when they, ju- when they decide to really break and like, try and you know, do something about uh, whatever's going on. Well, if there's on. anything really distracting... Yeah. What was um, going on? There was hammering and drilling from upstairs in the building in the building and it started pretty much in my first monologue and so you kind of that little voice is saying should we go on should we go on is it going to stop no it doesn't look like it's going to stop and then i just stopped the show and said to the audience is this really distracting you because it's really distracting me and did they say yes yes they said yes (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so are you and do you do that kind of thing when a cell phone will go off or anything like that? Is that a thing that you've done? It, uh, well, usually they're so good uh, here at the public about announcing uh, that you right. turn your phones completely off. Right. Because even when it vibrates, it's very distru- you know, um, disruptive to your neighboring o- yeah. audience member. Right. But a lot of people forget to turn them back off after intermission. Intermission, yep, that's true. So, and by that time... I mean, somebody's phone went off in the scene where I'm bathing Joan and getting her ready to go to the stake. And yeah, so that's, that's a, not a time to no, you don't want that. to stop the show. Right. But, it, right. you know, you just wish hope that people are, you know how important it is. Yeah. 
And you but tra- it was really, we ended up having a lot of fun when I stopped the audience the other yeah, you day. You chatted with them for a while. Chatted with like. them, asked questions, asked where they were from. and <laughs> Did yeah. you get any surprising answers? <laughs> yeah, one person came from Tasmania. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did they ask you questions? What did, yes, what did you talk they about? did. Yeah. yeah. Is that, do you get, is there a question that you are often asked when you are, uh, you know, when you find yourself in the you know, talking to the public or something? Is there always, like, about a certain movie or about a certain role? Or... Well, a lot of times they say, what is your favorite role? Yeah, and what do you say? Which is a very difficult question. I really can't answer that question. Really, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. each of them represent very, very different kind of creative journeys for me. So, right. I mean, I could say what are my least favorite, but... <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Do you, is there a film in particular that you remember working on with particular fondness, or...? Oh, so many, yeah. you know, from my first one, World According to Garp, yeah, um, to my last one, which was The Wife. I mean, they right. all, yeah. No, I, for, by and large, I've been incredibly blessed with the people that I've worked with. Um, I've always been very subjective about what I choose to do, which always starts with what's on the page. Right. And then the next thing is who's going to be your collaborators. Right. So let's talk a little bit about Mother of the Maid. This it's written by it's a new play by Jane Anderson, who also wrote the film you just mentioned, The Wife. Which came first for you in terms of what you read first and talked about working on first? Was it The Wife or Mother of the Maid? Ah, uh, The Wife, definitely. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, so how? When did Mother of the Maid get to you? Oh, hi. He wants to answer the question, but I no. know. Yeah. Shh, be quiet. Um, the Mother of the Maid. I think she gave it to me. Probably, I mean, I think it was after we finished shooting the wife. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, because that was pretty uh, intense. So I think she yeah. must have sent it to me after that. Yeah. And were you looking for a play to do? Were you? No. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. <clears throat> but and that was. Um, I was intrigued by it. Yeah. I there were certain scenes in it that I thought were very powerful. Yeah. Um, so I said I'd love to do it, and then it became a question of having to postpone because of things that came up. Right. And then Oscar came to me and said, this, this is, is Oscar Eustace, the artistic Os- director of the public. Yep. Yes, he yeah. said, um, you know, we have to basically shit her off the right. toilet. Right, sure, right. Because <laughs> it wasn't fair to postpone it any longer. So right. I said, they had this this uh, opening. So I said, okay, I'll do it, because right. I felt like I had said I, I would do it. Yeah. What did you enjoy about... Uh, working with Jane uh, and her writing with the wife that you feel like carried over to uh, what, what you did with the main? Well, the thing that I, that I really value with the two collaborations I've had with Jane is how collaborative she actually is. Right. You know, <clears throat> because there comes a point um, when a writer has to give up the character to the actor. Right. You know, you, it starts where the writer knows everything about the character and you don't. And then as you start to fill out the character... It's a it's a process for the writer of letting go, and I think uh, that's a hard thing to do. But with Jane, she's incredibly um, collaborative in that way and listens. And you know, we had certain there were actually were certain words that we I said, let's just try it. If it works, fine. If it doesn't work, we'll change it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, for example, she said she had written shite instead of shit. And we said, I don't think anybody will think shite is funny. 
and that actually was true. Right. <laughs> right. So we changed it. Right. Yeah. In a way, it seems like the mother of the maid and the wife do sort of similar things in that they take these women who are more often sort of supporting roles in, in stories and really makes them both protagonists and reveals how central they are to, uh, you know, their own story and for the story of the people around them. Um, is that, did, were you aware of that as you were sort of working on those two things? Well, I or? thought it was intriguing. Well yeah, well, yeah, I was. I mean, for the wife, I'd never played a character who was as self-effacing mm-hmm. as Joan Castleman. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm naturally a shy person rather than a extrovert. So I could relate to a lot of, of Joan Castleman. And um, I, and, and sh- such so many scenes are her with her internal thoughts. And right. I love that kind of uh, thing right. um, that yeah. you can do in film. And and then the wife, I mean, the mother of the maid, um, I love the Middle Ages. It's my favorite period of history next to the beginning of the, or the what led up to the First World War. Oh. But um, so you never think about Joan of Arc's family. And I was astounded when I started researching how much there is on Joan and because of the retrial you can read first-hand accounts wow. of her life. Right. And it's astounding. Yeah. And she's an astounding figure. Yeah. Can't really explain her. Yeah. This, what surprised you about this play's take on Joan and the story? And, uh, you know, because you're coming at it from an angle that, as, as we're discussing, you don't really expect. And... Yeah. Um, I think there's certain aspects of this play that are very personal to Jane and that she made Joan a tomboy where I don't know if in real life she really was. Right. So you have to give over to the vision of the writer. Um, and uh, and also her mother... Well, I don't know. There's a lot of... I don't, we don't know. We know that her father died on the way home from... The burning. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, and I, I am suspecting that her mother was there. Her mother lived until she was 80, which is astounding. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, and she did go and confront the Pope. Right. <laughs> to speak up for her daughter, yes. Yeah, Yeah. I actually did, was not aware of that, that, and that was, uh, I almost wish that was a whole other scene, or oh, maybe a whole other play, right? I know, yeah. I know, um, really. It's pretty, she reminded me in... in the peasant version of of um, uh, who did I play in Lion in Winter? Oh, um, was that Eleanor of Eleanor Aquitaine? of Aquitaine? Yeah, yeah. Um, who also lived to be eighty years old? Oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. um, it's a surprisingly entertaining and funny evening at the theater for a story that we all know is not going to end well. I feel like that is a surprise and uh, a pleasant one. Um, One of the most striking things early on is kind of the language that's used, I feel like. It feels it's very contemporary and it's very earthy. And you're surrounded by this, you know, set and costumes that are so Middle Ages period uh, specific. Um, Did you talk about that choice at all or is that just how it was written and oh definitely yeah. it's one of the challenges of the of the play yeah we kind of in the uh as we were rehearsing came up with what 
we kind of American peasants speak. Yeah. Because we don't have in this country any dialect that, that denotes um, working class right. without it being political, a political statement. Right. We don't have that. Like English, England, they have it in spades. Right. Um, so uh, I started lopping off the G's and, uh-huh. you know, not ha- not having... Uh, you know, Ghana's. I mean, just so then, and then we went through the script and made it for the family, made it, um, consistent. Right. And it, it was, it was really hard to get those words into my head. I have to say it was hard. My brain, my synapses took a while to, uh, (laughs) make those new pathways. Is that just because of the kind of juxtaposition of these words with this time period, or was it just it's the it's just the words sort of rhythm you, of yeah, that. yeah it's the rhythm was hard right. it's was hard to get the rhythm it does what it does do is locate us as you mentioned there's no real accent that we can do but it locates us very specifically with a certain class and yeah a certain like, with a very like clear understanding of who these people are and yeah. how they might relate to the royalty uh, yeah. that we're going to meet later and I, it was a really huge challenge to play an uneducated 15th century <laughs> peasant woman yeah. because uh, there's this wonderful book uh, called The Waning of the Middle Ages that was kind of a classic of the time it was written in 1924 and it starts, well this was in 1924 saying right. when we were a thousand years younger wow. what was in our heads you know and I love, that's how I approach this part Yeah, and what's in your head a thousand years ago not as much as in it yeah. now <laughs> so when I feel my kind of losing my the if I the way I kind of keep focused on this character during the play is literally to have in my imagination a landscape of where she would step into uh, every morning outside her door and it really grounds me yeah. is there a future life for Mother of the Maid will the can the production go on to anything uh, I don't know. Could it be a film also? Uh, I think you... it could be a lovely film. Yeah. I really I really do. Um it's incredibly rigorous. Yeah, I bet. So yeah. I would not do eight performances again if I had to do it. It's it's really yeah. hard. I mean you're you're basically on stage the whole time as I recall. It's the whole the, time. Yeah. 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 Right. It's just a question of going out one entrance and coming in the other right. or walking <laughs> yeah. from one position on the stage to another position in the dark. Right. right. Yeah. And I love that, but it really is the whole um, movement, the whole forward motion, the whole, you know, there's a lot of tonal changes. There's a lot of tricky um, transitions, and that all is on the the, uh, shoulders of whoever is playing Isabel. Right. And for listeners who haven't seen The Wife, it's about uh, a woman who's married to a very prominent author, and it's kind of... In one respect, it's a kind of a backstage, behind-the-scenes look at what it's like to win the Nobel Prize for literature, which from the early morning phone call and then the flight to Stockholm and then the you know the rehearsal for the medal ceremony. So it's sort of fascinating on that level, right? And then it, at the same time, it's kind of this mystery and sort of a relationship drama about talent and recognition and who gets recognized for what and why. Um, what was the thing that hooked you into the story that made you think, oh yeah, this one. Was it what you were mentioning before in terms of uh, how sort of retiring she was? Or? Again, yeah, it was new territory for me, mm. that kind of character. Um, yes, I, I think it was. It was. It was. I hadn't played a character like that before. 
Right. So that's always a, a challenge for me. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, then we we spent a whole week around the table in, in Glasgow, Jane and... Uh, oh. Jane and Bjorn uh, Runga and I, the director. Yeah, he's the director. Yeah, working on the script. That's unusual, isn't it, for a film? Um, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Got to get it right. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and did you film in Stockholm at all? or We you... filmed about five days in Stockholm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, right. But the uh, it was really kind of exciting because when we were in Sco- Stockholm, we went to the Nobel, uh, <clears throat> what is it called, the foundation. Yeah. And um, went to their headquarters, and they loved the script so much that um, they gave us. The, it really is almost an exact. The dinner, the big dinner, is yeah, it, is exactly the way it is. And they gave us the chocolate, the, the, the Nobel Prize that are chocolates and everything. I was going to ask you. I see on the table. I just learned about those <laughs> yeah. uh, the the sort of special food that yeah. is served, and you can apparently go. All the year after the ceremony, you can go and we who are not Nobel laureates can experience that meal for ourselves, yeah, just you, like at a restaurant. And the king actually gave yeah. the medals that the actor came oh, wow. for. It was really, it was really wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were working with Jonathan Price. Yes. Who? Yes. Uh, how was he to work with? Oh my God, like, he's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. You know, doesn't suffer fools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great time. Um, I had just seen him before we went. Uh, he had just come off a tour of uh, Merchant of Venice, and he played a oh, yeah. Shylock I will never forget. Did yeah. you see that? I did see that. Yeah, yeah, Wasn't yeah. he extraordinary? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Extraordinary. It just turned the play on its head. Yeah, yeah. It was relevatory for me. Yeah. Incredibly moving. Yeah. yeah. And so he's a... He's big time. Yeah. <laughs> so you've always been a theater person. I know you've always sort of done it uh, throughout the years. But it seems like in the last several years or so, I feel like I've seen you on stage a little more often. Like there was the delicate balance, a delicate balance on Broadway, and there was then Sunset Boulevard, both in London and here. And now there's this. Is that a conscious choice, or is that just how these things fell out? It's basically how they fell out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. This. Yeah. It is. I think it's good. I don't know how, how much time will go, go away, you know, go by until I come back because I feel like I've, I'm paying my theater dues right, right now. <laughs> right, right. And what, what keeps bringing you back to the theater? It's, oh my God, it's just so basic to our craft. Yeah. And it's creating in real time a community mm. of people who are experience, experiencing a story and emotions collectively and it uh, with the right story and the right storytellers it can be incredibly powerful and it's so basic to to what humans have needed from the time we were in the caves you know we're going to tell you a story and uh, I love that feeling and this this theater the Anspacher where you're they're all uh, everyone's yeah, it's an amphitheater basically it's an amphitheater and, and I really feel that I feel the the historic resonance of the amphitheaters from the Greeks and then you know all through the centuries and I and I say to myself we're going to go out there and we're going to just tell a story yeah. yeah yeah that space does really work for that story it does sort of suck you in, in a, yeah in a really and John Lee Beatty's beautiful set it is a really gorgeous set. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> Very elegant. And it does a lot more stuff than you think it's going to yeah, as, the, uh, as the night goes on. Yeah. 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 Um, 
And so, speaking of Sunset Boulevard, what's the story with the Sunset Boulevard movie? This is the possible adaptation of yes, the uh, we're getting musical. Closer. Really? Oh, I, I yes. mean, I keep hearing updates on and off. Yeah. I did a little research before uh, mm-hmm. talking to you, and I feel like the last little flurry of information was, you know, about a year ago or something. But yeah, uh, it's actually... nothing, of course, is ready to be announced. Sure, but I'd right. like, you know, it's such an amazing time for musicals on film. Yeah. So. Um, anybody who can be part of the group that tells this particular story, I think, is it's going to be incredibly exciting. Yeah, yeah. Is the first step for you to be in the Cats movie, which is which oh, is oh, developing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Have you thought about who you would play in the Cats movie? I love that we can now talk about the Cats movie like we're all in six degrees of separation, <laughs> which is you know it's a recurring topic of conversation. The in that Cats play. movie. Do you know yeah. that I, I've never seen Cats? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's, Don't tell That's Andrew. actually headline news right there. It's <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Right. Uh, um, I did see the, the Jesus Christ Superstar that they did for television, which oh, yeah. I thought was incredible. It was great, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was there. We were in the room. It was fantastic. Yeah, I was there too. It was, a, yeah, it was really it? fun to be in that, yeah. uh, that armory there. Yeah. And, uh, feel it live. Um, what role do you get recognized for most often, day to day, do you find? I think it's between Cruella and um, uh-huh. Alex Forrest. Okay, yeah. Cruella is all the kids are in college now. Sure. <laughs> and before that, <laughs> yeah. You know, I forget how old I am. And uh, and Alex is the name of the, char- the character you played in Fatal Attraction, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Do you actually? Do you have you thought about how Fatal Attraction plays? Now, in the wake of you know Me Too and Times Up, does it? Yes. Re- how does it read now? Do you feel? I think she she's considered more of a victim now. I think. Um, mm. I I think it would be interesting um, to tell the exact same story from her point of view because her story is not really told. Oh wow! No, that's true. She's... You know, you don't know why she's so disturbed. Yeah. You know what created that behavior, and. Um, I think that would be really interesting. Have you talked to anyone about that? That would be yeah, interesting. I have. I, yeah, I You know, of course, it's all embroiled in rights and whatever, right, and right. somebody wanted to make a mini-series or a series, and you think, okay. You yeah, know, so. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe there's a way to do it that's not so, it's not quite on the nose. Right. You know, yeah. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. And you wrote the film, uh, Albert Knobs, which was, a, um, I know, a passion project for you. Yes. Is that Was that something you want to do again? Are you interested yes, in writing very more? Much. A film or a play or a um, memoir a film. or novel? I, there's a yeah. film I have had in my mind oh, yeah? for a long time. Can you talk about it? Or, no. yeah, Because I think it's such a good idea. I don't want anybody oh. to stick okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about Albert Knobs that really got you? That to, character. Yeah. That character that, to me, represents so much. I mean, people brought to that character whatever baggage they had. But she wasn't a lesbian. She wasn't a transsexual. She was a woman who was disgui- who found a disguise that enabled her to survive right. as a man. So I never thought of her as a, of a man. Right. I always thought of her as a woman with this facade that she had... This useful facade. This right? useful yeah. facade, and and she is a, a an invisible person, mm. and I really, th- you know, I think there's so many people in this world or who are invisible, right. you know. So, um, 
and who are surviving however they can. I think survival, the the urge to survive in us as humans is. It'd be fun to have a you know discussion about it with evolutionary anthropologists, but I think it's stronger than than love. I think love has to be taught. I think survival is in our genetic system, genetic makeup. Right. I don't think love necessarily is. Uh, Damages also had a good run. Would you be interested in doing TV again or sort of ongoing yeah. TV series? I, I, that, did I you enjoy that? I personally think that the best way to tell a story right now is a miniseries. I wouldn't, I'm too old to, you know, sign myself, my life away on a, on a, on a series. Ongoing, yeah. But I certainly would do a miniseries. And I love mm. that because the writer can say, I can tell this story the way I want in right. eight episodes, ten episodes, however. Yeah, you know. but yeah, they're doing some great stuff with that, like Pretty Little Life. Yeah, and, and it's like, like the modern-day novel, really. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's a great art form. Yeah. In fact, I just, last night, Todd Kessler, who was the head writer on Damages, came yeah. to the show. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, what do you think? He loved it. Did you see any, did you see any similarities between Isabel and, and uh, Patty was your name in Damages, <laughs> right? <laughs> No, I yeah, don't think they're, so. They're different women. They're different. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, do you know what's next for you after Mother's, Mother of the Maid? After Mother of the Maid, I'm going to have a good rest. Okay. <laughs> and I don't really know. I mean, I we're hoping that next year, knock on wood, we'll be able to do the Sunset movie. Great. That I assume will. And that to me would be worth, you know. Really, yeah. I'd have to get into really good shape for that. I was going to say it's that's its own heavy lift. Yeah. Um, we I remember that uh, we talked around the time of Sunset Boulevard, and we were backstage, and uh, you showed me some of the costumes you were wearing, and they were literally heavy lifts. They were yeah. so heavy; it was like right beaded and covered yeah. in like I remember twenty some pounds or something. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot. Well, you should have used our pippy backstage. I did. That's true. It's true. <laughs> that's actually true. <laughs> the famous theater dog. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, would you want to do another musical on stage, do you think? At this point, I've always, you know, you have to be fair to your investors, right? So you have right. to be in, in a play long enough for them to have a possibility of making some money back. Right. And for me, at this age, you know, 14 weeks, there's, to me, it has to be a really, really good reason to right. come back. Right, yeah. Is that true of plays as well, or...? Uh, well, are they, are they a different theater period? Yeah, theater period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right. it's so much harder than movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's are interesting. You kidding because, me? Because I feel like there are days there can be really long days on film set or TV, particularly TV sets. I guess. Yeah, but it's TV not, sets. It... it can be brutal. Yeah. But you you don't do it for a number of you know months. Yeah, true. You know. Yeah. And if you have a a uh, very demanding part, it's right. it's. It's it's kind of fascinating that, um, well, not so much this part because it's evident how emotionally rigorous and it is um, that you spend what on stage two hours and fifteen minutes, two hours and whatever, and it basically rules your life. Yeah, because you yeah. sort of have to orient your day to it. Yeah, you have to make sure your voice is all right. You can hear mine's a little scratchy yeah, well, this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happens, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's rigorous, but yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, well, 
we look very forward. lucky to, to be here. I love being at the public. This is the first time I've been at the public. Oh, yeah? And what yeah. do you love about it? I love the culture. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Oscar is a genius. I think, you know, it's still what Joe Papp envisioned. I think this is as close to a national theater as we'll ever get. Yeah. I think what, I, what impresses me is the new talent that's nurtured here. Um, the degree of talent is mind-boggling. Um, and the diversity. Yeah. It's very, very exciting. And it's a, it's so, um, you know, I share dressing with my, my fellow actresses in the play, and I love that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no, there are no, you know, ego assholes around. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing whatever it is that gets you on stage next. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot, Glenn. Great to talk to you. Good to yeah. talk to you. That was Glenn Close, now starring in the title role in Mother of the Maid at Off-Broadway's Public Theater. If you like what you've heard on this and other episodes of StageCraft, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe wherever finer podcasts are dispensed. On the next episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to Michael C. Hall, the Dexter star who's back on stage in the Signature Theater's Off-Broadway revival of Will Eno's comic monologue, Tom Paine, based on nothing. Until then, thanks for listening, and see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.